Good afternoon and welcome to The Gray Matter, where we discuss more than just the hot topics and headlines of the day from a Black man's perspective. We appreciate that as a community, we are not a monolith and every subject deserves to be explored with nuance, giving a view from all sides of the culture. So we're here to bring that to you every week with a little bit of fun, class, and some nuance. Our panel consists of three guys that are nothing alike, and you'll soon find out just how much we love each other in spite of our sometimes very big differences. I'm Billy Craig, and I'm coming to you on location this week from Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm joined, as always, by my partners in this circle of life, Timon, who I believe is all the way out in Eugene, Oregon, somewhere, and Pumba, who, <laughs> who knows where he is. I guess he'll tell us. I, I've been wondering where he's been all week. So, um, gentlemen. How you doing today? Doing well. About yourself. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm glad I got an actual full night's sleep. First time in a few days. Been doing a lot of moving around and preparation even before we moved. So uh, glad to be here in Kentucky, hanging out with the in-laws. Got a break from the fam because they just up there with cousins and whatnot. And they've uh, let me have a few minutes to myself. Maybe I'll break down and open up and start crying or something finally. I don't know. It's Let it out. <laughs> Save it for the show. Ooh, we need listen, to Save it for the show. Right, right. There you go. Like, yeah. Maybe I'll let out something controversial or something. I mean, no, crazy thing is I love, I, I, I'm a family person. I enjoy having my family around me, man. I love when they go back to school. Just that- to get that, like, Six to eight hours, because I, you know, I've, I've been working from home and working for myself for like what 15, 16 years now exclusively, and so I'm like, man, what? Why are y'all waiting so long? Because most of the people like here in Kentucky, they've been and in the Midwest, I know they've been back in school for at least two. I think they're in the third week already. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not a full week, but they're back. They've been back for a few weeks. Man, they talking about going back after Labor Day. Like we're gonna get back home. This weekend, and I still gotta sit at home with him by myself for a week. I don't, I don't know, man. That ain't grown. No, your kids grown. Man. You gotta be strong. Your kids grown. They easy. This yeah. when they this when they three and four. <laughs> oh, I did that. No, no. Listen, we on a road trip in Minnesota right now. We in the home of the purple one, and oh, um, yes, the kids in the airport. High is is a overrated experience. I promise you, it's a zero star experience. Um, I would not recommend. I promise. You. <laughs> <laughs> if you I can get a babysitter, uh, we've been <laughs> we've been that family on a uh, cross country flight. Ooh. We've been that family. Like, any, any like baby, the baby wouldn't stop crying. Was throwing mm-hmm. up like that. The whole like they felt sorry for us. We were that family. I must and it was a holiday, so it was like after Christmas. So it was literally the worst possible time. Ooh. And nah, on the man. worst possible nah, flight. Nah. When the, we only flew with my son a couple of times when he was little. Mm-hmm. To the point where he didn't even remember. Like we flew a couple of times. He was like, he wasn't even three yet, both times. And that was enough. He was per- my let me just say something. My son was perfect. That boy didn't sneeze, he didn't cough. He he didn't poop like he didn't no bother no nothing <laughs> he didn't do nothing 
He ain't asked for nothing. He was the, the most even temperament child you've ever met. And, and, and we were still stressed. So by the time my daughter got here, I was like, nah, we gotta wait until she can kind of, you know, fan for herself. But so I can only imagine those stories. Yeah, my son is um he in the discovery stage. So I'm I'm gonna call you in a few few years because he's been working <laughs> on his throwing. Um so Sun Chips was flying across the plane, all kinds. It, it was bad. Did he? But did, did he get his finger? Did he get his fingers right? I was so moved across the plane. Yeah. Was good. I'm, I'm actually, I was impressed because he got it four rows up uh, okay. and hit, hit the lady in the back of the head. So I am impressed. Uh, and you know, I'm apologetic, like sorry, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. mm -hmm. just got like the end of Jerry Maguire where he was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, you got an arm like that? Yeah, we just gotta get your footwork together. We'll we'll have it. We'll have tell it. Me, tell, tell your son, Uncle Billy said, keep changing their eye level. That's <laughs> the key. You just gotta keep the ball, keep it in mm -hmm. the zone, but you want to nibble at the corners, the command. We'll get to the command later. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get it started then with our first topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to start with something that came across the headlines that caught my attention immediately. We all started, like, chatting about this. Like, it was one of them, like, alerts. Not an alert for the rest of the world, but it caught our attention. And that was a key to leave. A lot of it was because, um, well, first of all, we've talked a lot about this. All of us having children, play sports, use sports, that kind of thing. And... The story went without going into a bunch of details because I don't want to get too bogged down in it. Basically, um, there was a youth sports event, uh, football, obviously, Keith Lee, former uh, corner, uh, great player, uh, came out of Kansas. And uh, he basically was getting into it. Turns out that his brother, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm getting the story right, or if I'm getting it wrong, you'll let me know. But his brother... Uh, turns out was wanted in connection with a homicide mm -hmm. that took place where basically uh, an opposing team, the coach, and we're talking like peewee football. We're not mm -hmm. even talking about like high school. Nine and under babies. Were Nine you game. Football. Okay. They're out here playing football and apparently didn't like the way some of the calls went. And so the head coach ended up getting killed, and his brother, Keith Lee's brother, is, is wanted in connection with this murder. No, he ain't wanted now, no more. They got him. They got him. Okay. All right. So uh, update, breaking news, they got him, right? Now, here's the point. The reason why I bring this up is because it was there were several other people who uh, also chimed in on it, people who were familiar with the um, – teams in that particular league and they talked about not just um the brother who was responsible who they locked up but they said them as brothers meaning not just the brother who did it but part of the reason why it came up in the news and you were seeing it on all the uh sports um blotters was because apparently Akeem Talib is a whole mess like he takes this really seriously mm -hmm. like the getting very emotional and involved. And so at first, and if you ever, if you see the um, mugshot, they do look a lot alike. Like you can definitely tell they're brothers. So the point was, uh, he was in connection with this. As a result, 
he came out and said that he uh, resigned or left his position with Amazon. Stepping he was, away. He was stepping away. There you go. And he Not was stepping, stepping down. He was stepping away, which means like, he could possibly be allowed to return. Yes. All right. And the larger question that I want to ask is because I, I don't want to focus just on Keith Lee, or even it's not even really a matter of sports. We see this in, in politics. We see this in any in plenty of other areas of entertainment. We see this uh, in a lot of different places. I've seen it with um, pastors of churches. I've seen it with people where basically if they have a son or a daughter or whatever. I remember, in fact, I remember when Tony Dungy's uh, son. I believe it was about six, seven years ago, his son committed suicide. Right. And so people were expecting that he was going to uh, step down. And he was kind of like, what for? Like, the question I have, though, in, in, as it relates to all this is, do we, um, or let me start here, should people who have been, very successful in their fields, people who are public figures, people who are well-known, um, should they be responsible on any level for the behavior of people who are close to them that act out in a bad way? And maybe a um, better question or a follow-up to that would be, should we have to be reprimanded or fired or be held accountable at all from our jobs and places of employment, our uh, occupations, as a result of what people who we are connected to and people that we know have done. Andre, you look like somebody that has family that does objectionable things from time to time. Why don't you tell us what you think? All right. So I'm going off with because I know we're not focusing on came to leave and this, but I am at least going to put a button on. Oh, yeah. Story. So, no, he needs some time. So, the reports are he started a fight. Um, so his brother just finished a fight. So, uh, but nine, you, I, y'all said football game. I do want to emphasize one thing it was a scrimmage. So, oh man, wait a minute. I did not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I did not realize. You know what? Yeah, and look at look at the time of year. It couldn't have been nothing but a scrimmage. I was getting ready to say. Now that you mentioned it, it couldn't have been nothing but a scrimmage wow. or a jamboree. One of them little fake yeah. tournaments that don't mean nothing. It the, so for our listeners that don't understand why we having this reaction, now, is not again. We're not saying it's right under any circumstance. They but didn't have on the uniform in the, no. in the scrimmage. The the game doesn't. No referees like, there literally. Not does not count. Um, and so the story on how it unfolded was that Akeem Tlaib and his brother both were, were screaming and yelling at the refs. And the coach from the other team was like, man, why don't y'all stop whining? That was enough to set him over the top, start throwing punches at Coach Mike, um, you know, rest in peace there. Yeah. And then his brother finished it off with, with gunshots. Like, and... It, it so that I just wanted to put that there. So, and the only reason I'm using that caveat is because for this instance, Akeem Talib deserves whatever he gets as well. Because you started a mm-hmm. fight that ended up with somebody being murdered. So I don't oh, think they, they just uh, ain't gonna let that slide. He needed. He definitely need to lawyer up at the very least for uh, <laughs> all the civil suits coming his way. 
at the very least. Yeah. They're going to get a treat. Maybe he weighed like, what, 80? Yeah. Oh, he, he's very well done. And yeah, yeah. They about to take a chomp yeah. out of him. Yeah. And his brother played in the league too, but we all understand in life. Well, the more famous, yeah, the more famous one is going to get the headlines. So this this is how this became an Akeem Talib thing. But same reason, uh, Simone Biles' brother got arrested, and it turned into Simone Biles' brother got arrested. Like, and they never—I <laughs> don't think they ever mentioned his name. Like, they're gonna go right whoever the famous one is, Nicki Minaj's brother. Right. I don't even know exactly. what his name is. In fact, I don't even know what her real name is. Like Very her good. government name. What I don't even know what her government name is, but I know I, I, I know it. it's hard to pronounce because it's got like five syllables. That's the reason why they <laughs> I'm, I'm just being serious. But um, but like I don't on a on a granular level, like this ain't you know G Money and Nino. Like I'm not my brother's keeper on on most of these instances. Uh, because I feel like once you reach a certain level of grownness, you are responsible for your actions. Now, I it, but this is where it becomes important on whether you separate. You can't. Everybody can't go on your ride. Um, so, you know, if if you continue to roll with that person, uh, now you are uh, semi culpable just from the standpoint that you haven't distanced yourself away from them. Now, if you have separated yourself, hey, I if you pull to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' whole family can commit murders, and Aaron Rodgers really is literally not culpable. He'd be like, I ain't talked to him joints in, in years. I right. they was Drew Brees was like that. <laughs> Drew Brees was like, yeah, I, I don't know what my mama doing. Yeah, like, so. I finally gave him some money, and we don't even talk. Yeah, I so I feel like if you were Brian in Gumble. Brian Gump, yes, yes. So if you in in those situations where you finally got something and you – have people who you can because we all got warning signs like we all know the cousins we got the brothers we we got the warning signs of who ain't who gonna mess it up for me it's why um, we ask who all over there right <laughs> yes Literally. so, so Literally. yeah I don't, so a long story short for that i don't think i'm responsible just because i've distanced myself away from my circle is real small and my circle involves y'all I know y'all ain't gonna do nothing that's gonna put this show at risk or put me at risk. So, uh, other than us making offhanded comments that might have you know mothers of ugly children looking for us, that's about all I got. Like, that's, or, or or gay rock people, or gay rock, <laughs> <laughs> or gay rock people. They still they might be looking for us too. So. You're still getting them comments. Like, Look. <laughs> I'm gonna get you that man personal email. Okay? Him and Barney brother. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that that's kind of where I'm at with it. What do you think, Paul? Um in that instance, yeah, he is definitely responsible. However, um, like you said, when you get to a certain point, you gotta cut loose of certain people who are uh anchors, right? Mm -hmm. Like you you got you got people, I, I like to call them balloons or anchors. You either take me up or you take me down. And if you taking me down, I can't be around you. I had a buddy like that when I lived in Florida. Um and it just got to a point where you couldn't take this cat nowhere because every time he went somewhere, he would get in a fight with somebody important. Mm. Like, bro, what is you yeah. doing? Chill. And you just can't take that guy no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, you messing up me. I'm, I'm only laughing because you said something important. Like, we in here with 5,000 people, and you went for the executive vice president right. of the whole <laughs> Right. Tournament. <laughs> right. 
Wow. Yeah, so, everybody got one though. Well, until you don't. Until you don't. No. Until you learn to to keep your distance. Look, man, I there are certain people that I love that I will never be their plus one because I don't know how I've been represented in my absence. Mm. I love them and, and I'll deal with them and I'll answer the phone every time they call. And if they want to go get something to eat or whatever, we'll sit down, we'll chop it up, but it'll just be us. It'll, it won't be no group of people around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But, uh, as far as Talib, man, you know, and I'm a I'm gonna keep Talib fan because I'm a proponent of you know okay. uh, ignorance, especially out of my football players. I like my football players ignorant and you, like right on the edge all the time, all the time. And until was, the ball is snapped, then I need you to get right up on like don't right. get over there. Right. So you know, and it's just hard to to watch him wipe out like this. I wonder, and I thought about this, um, this was years ago, because this is obviously, this isn't just about like athletes. We see it with politicians, we see it with any walk of life. I remember very vividly, and I wanna say it was about six or seven years ago, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember uh, when Lawrence Fishburne's uh, famous actor, I remember when his daughter came out mm -hmm. and decided, um, I want to say her name was like Savannah. I don't know if that was a stage name. I don't know nothing about it other than she came out and decided she wanted to be a porn star. And everybody thought it was going to shut down his career. And he was like, I, I think he put out like a little short statement. was like, look, man, my daughter was wrong. And I did what I could. And whatever issues we've had within the family, I ain't got nothing to do with this decision. And that's on her. Mm -hmm. She had a lot of angst and anger towards him. I also remember when Tony Dungy, uh, and it was around that same time, maybe a little bit after, but I remember when uh, it came out uh, about his son uh, committing suicide. He had some mental health issues and things like that, so he committed suicide. And, and he made a couple of comments about it. He talked about it privately. And he also, I think, mentioned it in one of his books. But people were thinking that maybe he was going to fade to the distance and step back. At the time, he was... Um, still coaching but after that he went to nbc and people thought he was going to just kind of fade. he was like nah like matter of fact i'm actually going to lean into it because there's plenty of other people mm -hmm. who have family members children spouses whatever who have mental health issues we did everything we legit could mm -hmm. to help with it there's nothing we can do we have friends we've experienced that in our own families things like that i guess my question then is do we sometimes have the wrong expectation. I'm not talking about like the key to leave. I think of like Michael Vick. Part of what happened with him was he was far, he was the big fish because he had that big, you know, contract with the NFL, with the Falcons at the first time. And so he became the big fish and he refused to cut bait and disassociate himself. Keeping More, it, it wasn't like just being out. Yeah, keeping it real, staying down with the hood kind of thing where it's like you change man and because yeah. he wouldn't disassociate himself he wouldn't turn on his brother and other ones um he ended up being the one who really took the fall but i guess my question is do we have some maybe um 
do we possibly, as a society, as a culture, do we possibly hold them to a standard that, frankly, isn't fair? Like, I look at what you, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. I want I mean, you know, I hate that he had to do it, but I think sometimes people look at that and be like, man, that's cold-blooded. No, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. If you got family that's acting up, man, listen, mm-hmm. it hurts me more than it hurts you, but it ain't going to hurt that much. Uh, <laughs> right? We live 3,000 miles away from the nearest relative. Yep. And there's a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> Good reason. And you don't have to like the reason. I just wonder sometimes in society, do we hold these people, like I said, you know, just a few examples, like, hey, do we hold these people to some standards? Um, again, not. I don't want to mix these together. Clearly, uh, the Tlaib brothers are like-minded in their behaviors. But I'm talking about when people are sometimes feeling like, you know, are we really separating ourselves um, enough for the right reasons? And the fact of the matter is, I kind of feel like we need to hold people to account, but we need to be very mindful and very cautious of holding people accountable for stuff that has nothing to do with them. And I'm even talking about like when we think about um, I'll even get as close to say not just brothers and sisters or parents and children. I'm even talking about like spouses. I think there's a very fine line there where if you're married and you're in an actual marriage where you're actually you know living together, you see each other all the time. Like my wife, if my wife does something, then yes, I should have to answer for it. But I don't know that it should require that I have to, you know. I don't even want to say apologize, but the fact is, she's a grown woman. Mm-hmm. She's she's got her own behaviors, and um, unless I'm directly, um, but that's your wife. You are directly. I'm saying unless I'm directly responsible for it, because my point is, I feel like sometimes we forget that just like you can be sitting there like, man, I had no idea, like that my wife was dealing with this because she never told me. It happens all the time, Andre. Well, but this is about uh, so when it gets uh, there's different levels, you know, obviously. So when we talk about spouses, um, there's conversations that need to be happen uh, to have happen prior to certain things. So perfect example, Patrick Mahomes. I know y'all wondering what does Patrick Mahomes have to do with this conversation? No, I know where you go. I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> so his wife will say is active on social media. Um but I am the face of the NFL. I, we, I, try, life ain't fair. It comes, and I get it. But when you, when you get five hundred million dollars, life becomes not fair. So you can't act on social media the same way my wife would act on social media. I mean, hey, babe, they just gave me that contract. Ten, ten years, five hundred million. You ain't got no Twitter account no more. No, or or everything else no. to a publicist. Oh, it's all it's all burner. <laughs> right. right. So uh, you don't get to voice your true feelings anymore. No. You don't get to say, I hate the wide receivers is dropping passes. Like you don't get to do that. Like that ain't, that ain't, what, uh, it doesn't come with that job. Um, and that's what it becomes when you are with somebody that is that famous. It becomes your, you being his wife is your job at that point. Mm-hmm. I know feminists going to be mad about that. We're going to talk about y'all in a second. But uh, on Ooh. that mm-hmm. stage, where Ooh. it comes is, Ooh. Your your job is wife of Patrick Mahomes. Like they they never talk about her name either. When and listen, 
thing. And if she didn't want to get it, look, if my wife get that kind of bag, guess what? I'm I'm husband of like Sharice, like for real. I'm, I'm like Bro. talking about them aliases. I'll be uh Pickle Rick 2022, <laughs> Pickle Rick 2021. I'll be all kinds of aliases mm-hmm. and burgers because no. No, but that's a responsibility that I feel like I have, but we're also in a loving relationship. Right, 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 right. Later this afternoon, I got to go a couple hours away and go be my wife's husband. Yes. I do it all the time. Because in that room, she is far more important than me. (laughs) If I care about me. Now, listen, my wife is far more important than me in most rooms, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, if it's yeah. not if it's not a baseball, football field, a gym, or a church building, I'm pretty much doing whatever she feels like we need to do. I mean, you want to stay married, don't you? Hey, right, y'all did that at the same time. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. I kind of enjoy the way I'm living. Leave me, me alone. Too. I got a good life. Yeah. But when it comes to siblings and, and just different people that you associate you with, wow. I, I, it just comes down to, uh, I think the, it boils down to, you got to cut bait when you know things aren't right. It, even, and this isn't just for rich and famous people. Like if you got a job, I don't care if you just got a regular, you know, job making 35,000, like it, it perfectly fine. If somebody else is, is trying to threaten you being able to make that 35,000, you need to let that person go. Yes. Um, it, and that's just what it is. Like, it, it for last example I give next year, taking a trip um, to Greece, and we started asking people, Hey, y'all want to go? This and, and people were like, Hey, I didn't get an invite. Mm. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Um, because I, I literally had the conversation with somebody said, Well, we're going, uh, we going international. Um, and if, if I can't trust you to not start a fight now, if you start a fight. Over there, mm-hmm. in international waters, because I am who I am, I will jump in and help you not get killed. Mm-hmm. But if I get back to the to the to resort and find out that we fighting over some dumb stuff because of you, now me and you fight. Like now, now we got a problem. Like so, everybody I'm taking your passport with me. Everything, <laughs> all I'm saying is everybody can't go. This that's no, that's great advice no. for everything. Whether it, everybody can't go where you where you trying to. Boy, 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 you ain't said nothing but the word. Boy, that, that right there. Because I'm telling you straight up, that by the time this show actually makes it, uh, I will have gone through Cincinnati. I would have drove through the eight section and with the Bible said like a thief in the night. I done came and went by the time y'all realize there's a reason why I don't and I love and, and I mean this. I love my people. I, yeah, I do. I just don't love you enough to be out here like that, put risking it all for something that happened back when we was in fourth grade. I'm sorry, <laughs> bro. I don't even remember why you don't like me. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, pretty much. Well, then, speaking of. Uh, the comment section is about to fill up because Andre want to be mad and you know pick fights. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about um, women. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. women and the way that there's a reason why hair stores stay open and lashes and spanks are a thing. They, 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 they exist for a reason. Um, I'm not saying that they're the only people who are consumers, but I'm saying women are definitely, there's a reason why uh, Dave Chappelle, remember that from another professor, women be shopping, right? Women are definitely willing to be consumers. Um, my Amazon account says so. That being said, uh, there's been a really big topic, and I saw this article. It talked about, and it was interesting the way it broke it down. I'm a numbers person, right? I'm a numbers and words person because I feel like it gives context to the conversations that sometimes we overlook. And it was talking about how, uh, I want to say it was something in the neighborhood of uh, the WNBA brings in roughly, uh, no, the NBA brings in roughly 73 per like 73 times more than what the WNBA does. I want to say it was like 73% or 73 times, excuse me. And then uh, it also talked about the salaries and the, the, the disproportionate salaries, but there's been a lot of complaints about uh, disparities in women's sports, not just in the WNBA, but you know we're talking soccer, uh, especially soccer. And people were talking about, oh, well, yeah, but the women's, you know, soccer team is so much better than the men's and yet they don't get the endorsements and the money and things like that. So anyway, this issue came up with the WNBA in particular because people were complaining about their salaries. And especially when you consider uh, something that we've been talking about regularly about Brittany Griner, mm -hmm. everybody's been so caught up on that. And I appreciate it. Like last week, Paul brought out the vial. It literally shows that like, tablespoon of what now has her looking at nine plus years in a Russian prison. And we forget that the reason why she's over there is because she makes like three times more in Russia than she did playing ball. 12. Excuse me. Thank you for the number. 12 times more. <laughs> so actually that's her real job, right? Right. She got fired while she was working her real job. She got put in jail while she's working her real job. We know her because she's an American athlete, but the fact is she was over there making real money because we don't necessarily invest and uh, support women's sports in this country the way that they do overseas like in Europe. That being said, a lot of the complaints and a lot of the uh, more liberal uh, feminist um, voices out there have been talking about how we need to support women's um, women entertainers more. They need to be making more money. And yet I brought up the lashes and the spanks and the nails and the hair and my Amazon bill because I want to pose this question this way. Who's actually responsible? Why is it that men should be responsible for putting in when women now have the capacity, they now have the money, they now have the resources to be able to, we're not talking about 70, 80 years ago, when we still lived in that society where men were the breadwinners and they controlled all the money. Like women could be pouring into and investing into women's sports and women entertainers on all different types of levels. So I think they support the entertainers. It's just the athletes they don't do anything with. So the question is, they support Beyonce. 
They support Madonna. Okay, so the question is, if women do not care about women's sports enough to put their money behind it, why should men? Hmm. And I'm gonna leave that for you, Paul, because you sound like you. Because full disclosure for you guys who don't know the behind the scenes stuff, Paul watches. He's the only person I know who watches more women's athlete, the athletics than my grandmother and my aunt. Like, I'm here in Kentucky. Let me tell you something. They love, I, I'm in a room, you guys can't see it. I'm in a room where Angel, uh, what's it, McCautry? He's the Louisville. Okay. They love Angel McCautry. Okay. She is like everything here. I'm in a room full of nothing but Louisville Cardinal stuff. And it's a bunch of women's basketball. Oh, they we'll love them, women's sports. Well, tell them to pray for Shoni Schimmel because she just got arrested about a month or two ago for choking her girlfriend on the reservation out here. She did. Okay. Hey, our point guards are serious at Louisville. That's all I'm <laughs> Go ahead. Louisville, yeah. That, okay. They, they like the Tlaib brothers out here. Okay? They, take, <laughs> they, they, they take their crossover yeah, them Schimmels, a little seriously. Yeah. That being said, though, um, I, I dropped that off with you, Paul. Like, if, if women don't care to put the money behind it, then why should men be able to come? Why should we care? I, I don't know. Why should we? I mean, to be honest with you, um, I, I why I think women don't respect women who compete athletically more mm. so than men don't respect them, in my opinion. Um, well, why? That, that, that I agree with you. But why? Because I want you to go there. Because I got I have my theories. I want you to go there. Why don't you think they do? My wife and I have had a conversation about this, and she says at around eight, you pick subconsciously what type of girl you're going to be. You're going to be. Yep. You're going to be a girly girl or you're going to be a tomboy or whatever the hell that may, whatever that is, you pick. And it's like they, for whatever reason, they draw a line in the sand. Um. I don't understand it myself. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to run and jump. It's it's fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Real talk. Like, I don't understand why. I don't, you know. Um, yeah, I'm base running and jumping. What are right. You about? Right. The only reason I don't do it now is because it hurts. <laughs> exactly. You know, and 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 the the feeling, the high you get from competing is something I wish everybody could feel. So when I see people thoroughly enjoying themselves, really getting after it, I love it. Kids, boys, girls, men, women, I love it. You know what I mean? It's why I love watching uh, the soccer, the women's soccer team. I don't like soccer. I watch them, them those girls play, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I love hoop. I love women's hoop. Um, it's a different game than men's hoop. Don't, totally don't, different, yeah. It's a different game. It's almost, Somebody, not, it's not, almost it's, not the same sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, um, I think that if women want more pay in women's sports, women are going to have to support it. That means that, you know, the stands are full at the men's game. So it's not just men there. They support the men that compete. Why don't you support the women that compete? And why are you looking for a subsidy? 
Subsidies. There you go. Subsidies to when you're asking for it, when you're demanding and establishing independence. Yeah. Hmm. You're literally asking for me to supplement you, but you're like telling me, like you're doing it with your finger in my face, telling me what I better do in the interest of fairness. When the fact of the matter is, it's like that's not equality. No, because you're still dependent. Right. What's it? What say you, Andre? You, you seem to know a lot about women, sports, and women being choked out. And, this is right in your wheelhouse, right? I'm, I'm a sports person, so uh, so I get it. Um, now I'm gonna start this conversation with: if you if you can't stand not being offended, don't listen to Bill Burr's comments about mm. the WNBA and women. Now, if you if if you want a dose of reality, check him out because right. he's 100. He's 100 legit with this. Um, but. So I've told my nieces and my oldest daughter, who's now 13, um, this in life, that if you would like to be with a significant other, want to find a mate, you have to start doing things that those mates like to do. Mm -hmm. And men like sports, men like video games, men like movies, like and so stuff like that. So I'm like. So you need to, you know, I ain't saying you got to pick all three, but if you develop if, some familiarity with it, at least develop some familiarity so that you have something to talk about. Because, men, we real simple. But if you don't mess with sports at all, me and you going to have a hard time communicating because that's where some of my life is revolving. Around. So all, I, and I know I took a road somewhere, but I'm, I promise I'm coming back. So this mm-hmm. road comes to. Like Paul said, when you go to Bengals games or Eagles games, where them stands ain't all men. Like it's not no, it, no. it's not ninety ten men to women. Like women are going to those games mm-hmm. just as much. And some of that started because they were doing this because this is what they found men to attract. Right. So mm-hmm. men don't have to watch women's sports. Like they they don't. So it is going to take them them as women to take the initiative to do this, even though that's not what's going to get them a man. Um, they still have to do this and and buck the trend because right now, like uh, the NBA games are probably 60-40, uh, men versus women. Oh, like yeah. women are at oh, the NBA. Yeah. And so I know you said it was a different sport, but the fundamental rules are still the same. Well, yeah. so it really makes no sense why women won't go to a WNBA game other than the fact that they just don't want to go to a WNBA game. It's not... Right. It's like, way cheaper. It's oh. way cheaper. And you get a better fan experience because you're sitting closer because the arenas aren't as big. There is more interactive. In the WNBA, the players are more accessible because they can actually hear you. They can actually hear you. And they're not <laughs> famous, you know, to a degree. So you actually have a better opportunity. You have a way better opportunity to meet Andrew McCautry than you do LeBron James. Yes. Oh, LeBron oh, James oh, don't yeah. want to meet you. That's right. Sue Bird is is glad that you showed up. Thank you for showing up. You know what I'm saying? And meant it when she told you this. Right. (laughs) So when we're looking at that, like, it's not the fact that men need to do anything. Like, this is literally 100% 
on women? Can men do a better job of saying, hey, you know, I'll give it a chance? Cool. All right. But again, this gets back to our conversation about single life and loneliness. If women start watching sports, guess what's going on? Men are going to start migrating over. Like, well, this is what the what the ladies like. So let me let me at least give it a shot. I didn't go and, down to the WNBA game. There's some broads down there. <laughs> I didn't watch women's soccer until my niece became a soccer player from Mississippi State. Like, uh, yeah. and and so it's not. I mean, it's a wonderful sport. Now I watch it during the Olympics. I watch it at the big times, but I don't. It's not an everyday kind of occurrence but now it's like yo like i it's it's kind of dope like to to sit down and watch but most men aren't open-minded enough to even give that a chance because if there's an opportunity to watch reruns of an old college football game versus a new soccer game guess what the the alabama florida 1993 sugar bowl uh, or it's right. gonna win out um so it is definitely going to take women to have to push this movement like it, it there's no other way around it I'll take it a step further. I didn't know Mississippi State had a women's <laughs> soccer team until Andre started telling me about his niece mm-hmm. who's at Mississippi State. Right. And then I happened to just like pick up on it, just tacitly kind of following it because I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. Something was playing in my head. But I, I, I hear it's interesting. My wife, she will, um, to your point about the whole, like, you kind of have to do it because women, um, they kind of pick up on it because they know that's the, the interest of other men, uh, men in their life, you know, their significant other. I think about my wife and how my wife is not a big, like, football fan. She's not really into sports. But if I mention Bengals to her, the first thing, you know, she'll say, she'll be like, well, did they really did they get enough help? Did they get a line so that Joe Burrow don't get sacked all them times? She has no she doesn't get caught up in the news. She's not watching NFL, you know, uh, red zone. She's not looking at the Sunday show. She's not watching countdown. She ain't doing, you know, uh, good morning uh football, none of that. But she's familiar enough with it because of my connection to it. Same thing with baseball. Um, I remember years ago I was dating somebody and she was just like, is Griffey going to come to the Reds? Well, that was because that was a conversation that she knew that I was having with other players back when he was still with the Mariners back in the 90s. Now, what's interesting, though, I'm kind of with Paul on this, though. And this is the part where, well, it, pretty much any time I'm kind of in line with Paul, you know it's about to be some, <laughs> some foolishness. But that being said, um, I thought about back. I thought about my favorite player mm-hmm. growing up as a kid. Uh, my first favorite football player was OJ Simpson, just because he was popular when I was really little. Then it was Walter Payton, and then when I first actually started playing, this is when my friend BB he took me. We start. He was playing football. It was Lincoln Heights Tiger. So I'm playing. And uh, at that time, the big name, because I was a running back, right? I started as a receiver, and I was a running back. So the big name then was Eric Dickerson. Now, my parents weren't going to let me get a curl. But the goggles, the whole night, like, I, the reason why I bring it up, and then it continued on, right? Then it went from Eric Dickerson 
to I really got hyped over the Bengals, right? So it was James Brooks, you know, it was Eddie Brown. It was pretty much anybody who I could identify with in the skill positions. And then it was Deion Sanders. And then I kind of, like, that's where I locked it in, right? Back when he was with the Falcons and then before he moved. I bring those names up because of something very important. And I brought it up in the opening of this particular segment, talking about the lashes and the hair and the spanks and all that. Because here's the thing. Growing up as a kid, not only did I run and jump and want to perform like them, I wouldn't mind looking like them because I saw them. I would see them in, you know, when they were doing the, the, the uh, interviews after the game. And it wasn't just a matter of I want to run and jump. Like, you know, I want to just be able to have the breakaway speed of Eric Dickerson. I saw Eric Dickerson with a shirt off, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got to give me some shoulders. You know what I'm saying? I got to give me a chest. I got to, you know, build up my body. The ugly part of it, in my personal opinion, is that um, what Paul said, I think, deserves more, um, more, more time in the conversation. And that is girls are often having to choose between beauty and strength, being an athlete and strength. And it's almost like when you make beauty and strength opposed to one another, that's why that's why the Serena Williams of the world gets so much popularity because in black circles in black America, she it's almost like she didn't have to choose. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what you think about never have to choose. The the point is though, a lot of times people are not the way that they market the athletes. It is sometimes difficult because the standards of beauty that we hold up uh, in the culture, when you look around and you see women athletes, they don't always match those standards of beauty. And see, that's the thing I feel like we have to talk about. If we're really going to deal with it, that's the reason why the sports aren't more popular. That's the reason why there's not more eyeballs is because there's nobody putting out there to say this is the face of this sport this is the face of this product because the people who are considered the standards of beauty are not people who we look at and think they're athletic how many times does serena williams be how many times do people say she was strong she was built like a man okay if we go back to the last episode it's a lot of ugly babies out there <laughs> okay all right then <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we can't be, we can't, I mean, it's sport. We, they don't want to go to sports because those girls aren't quote unquote beautiful. They, that's why they don't want to go watch basketball. No, I, I'm only saying that's why, I'm only saying that's why parents are not pushing their children to that because subconsciously they're basically saying, no, basically what they're saying is go choose to be beautiful rather than choosing to be a competitor. And they really shouldn't be like, they really shouldn't be be that ain't up to you. Nobody <laughs> chooses to be beautiful. You can just look the best you can with what right. guy. But, <laughs> That's not but, up to you. But, here's not, but, but what I'm saying is, I'm sorry, Andrew, but what I'm saying is, I, I'll say it like this. I'll just be blunt with you. I personally don't find Serena Williams to be that aesthetically pleasing and attractive, but I can appreciate the fact that the way that she was marketed, the way that she took care, the way she takes care of herself, I don't find her to be unattractive. I don't look at her and feel like, oh, well, she chose 
one or the other. I'm only saying that there are very few female athletes who get to be one or the other. Or I'm sorry, get to be both instead of being one or the other. Go ahead. Um, well, but here's and I think this will put a uh, at least a decent sized bow on this is if you look at how women's sports are now being marketed, you can tell they're being marketed by men because they just saying, mm-hmm. hey, get on Instagram and have suits and things like that. So some of the most popular WNBA players, I promise you, have millions of followers. Mm-hmm. More than half of them are men. Mm-hmm. Still not watching the game. Because all you're doing now at this point is saying, go be beautiful. And we'll appreciate your beauty, but I'm still not watching your basketball game. And we're not going to until women start doing this. Like it, so, I mean, and there are a lot of attractive women like in the WNBA. Like, oh, I, absolutely. I, oh, absolutely. And absolutely. if you want to, and if you want to. That's not the problem. Well, no, it's not. And if you it's not, yeah, the problem is not the girls aren't pretty enough. Don't yeah, do that. Show me, show me a women's track meet. And, and boy, I'm. I was just going to say Florida, and that's the thing about it. Even as a teenager, nobody had to make me watch Flojo run. I just showed up because she was impressive. And she, it, it, the nails and the hair and all that, like, that that was just a plus. So, yeah, women, this is on you. This, this one's on y'all. Um, I To, to put, a, put a wrap on this one. Um, if y'all wanted to, if y'all want the money to change, if y'all want, like it, the fact that LeBron James makes more than your entire league, is because LeBron James is worth more than your entire league. Um, mm. Y'all not gonna be worth more until y'all get out there and support them uh, and bring in the revenue to to make that make that happen. Make make me show up. Them's the facts. Well, that takes me to our. Uh third topic today <sighs> rap music okay oh <laughs> yeah rap music i know there's some people on this panel that the quickest way to offend them is to call them a rapper mm-hmm. right i ain't saying no names i'm just saying that uh you know there's some of us that Rap music, we have a real serious love-hate relationship with it. And speaking of that love-hate relationship, one of the things is always, the stigma has always been attached to it, uh, not because it's completely false, but because of the way that it uh, has been um, presented, the way that it's shaped, is talking about um, the RICO, right? Talking about the underground, if you want to call it the criminal parts of it, right? This idea that uh, there are certain elements that come part and parcel with hip-hop. Now, I bring that up because, uh, unfortunately, from the very beginning, I'm talking the origins. We're talking early hip-hop back in, like, the early mid-80s, right? Before it was anything like what it looks like today, there's always been a negative connotation that gets associated with it. There's always been stigmas and labels and things put on it, and it was largely unfair. Uh, a lot of that was intentional. I think of, um, and again, this happened in the 80s, so we're talking about the Reagan administration, right? We're talking about the very intentional and purposeful uh, demonizing of hip-hop music, treating them because it was black men, that it was a, a criminal. Black, young black men. Young black, young black men 
Young black boys, when the fact of the matter is, it was actually intended to empower by basically giving them an outlet. Like, like it's almost like Kobe, right? If you don't understand music, that's your business. But some of the label was very unfair. That being said, it is no longer the 80s. Ronald Reagan, um, I guess you could say, fortunately, he's been gone for a long time. He lives And so now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my boy, huh? Anyway, we're well past the Reagan administration back in the 80s, right? Uh, we've long since gone past the, uh, you know, congressional uh, hearings about, you know, Luke and putting explicit labels on music. All that, all that stuff is long since past us. We're decades past it. The question I want to throw out there, because of the way that, the genre has changed so much. Has the label, the stigma, the negativity, has it finally caught up with hip hop? What I mean by that is, have we finally gotten to a place where the genre has lost its usefulness when it comes to uh, building up the culture? Mm-hmm. And since I'm talking to two people who are familiar with hip-hop music. Slightly. You have a connection. Just a little bit. Uh, what say you? Either one of you. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm be honest. Um, I don't I, I don't listen to much rap anymore. That used to be the only thing I listened to. I don't listen to much of it anymore. I find myself listening to a lot of the stuff that my mother played when I was a kid. A lot of seventies, mm-hmm. eighties R and B stuff like you got, that. You got you got Midnight Star on repeat. Not Midnight Star, uh, but definitely Lakeside. Ooh. Definitely some Slave. Ooh. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yeah. Steve Arrington. Wow. Yeah. Commodores. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Not Lionel Commodores. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, LTD. You know what I'm saying with Jeffrey. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I my I, my my yeah. vibe is different now. I I like stranger. you. Know, yeah. Listen to that stranger when y'all get done. But when but oddly enough, when I was a rapper, like a real one, like back in the day, I didn't listen to any rap back then um, because I didn't want to get influenced by anyone. So I listened to a lot of stuff that didn't have any rap to it. Um. But, you know, like everybody else, we like Tupac, the Biggie, and all that. But those those people ain't coming back. We ain't got none of those no more. I mean, we got Kendrick. You got J. Cole. Uh, in fact, Kendrick's in town tomorrow. I'm going to check him out tomorrow night. But there's not a lot. These guys, they doing now. It used to be you had to be good at rap to rap. Now it's do you know somebody who can put some money behind you? That's it. It, it. You don't have. That's why I don't like it anymore. To be honest, yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's no. There's no getting discovered. There's no it's, talent. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no beats and like, where's the beats and rhymes? You know, like, like even when we talk about like, let's go back to, like those Drake battles, battles, I guess, where it wasn't about who could rap the best. It was about who had more fans. Hmm. Mm. 
And anybody who really knows anything about rap knows that Joe Button washed Drake in that battle. Washed him. Yeah. You know, same with Push. Well, Push it T. Who cares about Push it T? I do. He can rap. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's Robert. part of it. We had in the group chat. I was saying Eminem got to come outside. Right? Y'all was saying he don't have to. Y'all was saying he don't have to. He has absolutely no incentive to come out. He ain't relevant. It ain't about relevant. It's about rapping. Who can rap better? And that's not even a part of it anymore. It's about, you know, chains and drugs, man. Jewelry and drugs. And and before I throw it over you, I guess that's part of the, that's at least part of how I wanted to set it up, is that there was and I and I understand everybody's not going to be doing some conscious rap. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, no, but, no, not at all. But I and, and I'll say I'll say it like this: It's interesting because you you haven't bring him up, but like I think of, and this is just for me, the last person who was a rapper mm-hmm. who I really ever paid any attention to, and it's crazy for me to let this come out of my mouth because I didn't I never thought about it this way. As it was happening, last rapper I've even cared about at all was Kanye West. He ain't even a rapper, though. That's my point. Like, literally, that's the last time I was ever in tune or in touch. It lost me back then. Because I at least felt like Kanye not only had the... You you could argue, you know, I mean, I ain't gonna take him and go battle against nobody necessarily, but the content was something that it still felt familiar to me to what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. After him, and so I kind of feel like there's no, it's lost mm-hmm. for me. But then again, I'm old, so we'll say you, Isaac. Right. Um. So there's there's a couple ways you know looking at this. So rap music took off. <clears throat> and when it took off, it 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 accidentally took off, meaning it got really, really big, really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And the machine wasn't ready for it. The machine uh-huh. couldn't figure out how to control how fast. Like that's that was how NWA ended up, you know, yes. it, it ended up at the White House and, and things like that. How Luke ended up with band stickers and all like because yeah. they didn't expect this little, you know, Little section music to wait. White kids. They didn't, they didn't think white kids would like it. Yeah. That's what it was. The white the white kids started buying it. Yeah, and that's um, when they said that we gotta protect making people them. really, really rich, really rich. Right. Um, and so it accidentally, and so that's what I mean when I say it accidentally. Um, but as all things that um are controlled, and let's not act like music's not controlled. There's there's ways to still be manipulated by it. So mm-hmm. full disclosure, with me being um, an artist, um, I don't consider myself just a rapper because I am, you know, a writer and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Neither here nor there. But when we get to this point of looking at why is music sound the way it does, it's because there's somebody in a boardroom that wants music to sound how mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is. Not we don't have control. Like, if you want to hear real rap or, you know, things like that, SoundCloud, different, like, art, local shows and things like that, 
That's where you're yeah. going to find it. There's mm -hmm. uh, of the Toby Degues, there's probably 30 of them mm -hmm. that you'll never hear of because mm -hmm. they don't want you to hear about them. They're mm -hmm. not trying to sign them. They're not trying to pub them. So mm -hmm. yes, there's a machine behind it that's saying, okay, it, we, it took us this long to catch up, but now that we're here, let's go ahead and <laughs> treat with, with drug music. Let's flood the streets. Yeah. Like, right now, the music itself, the chronic was considered to be completely dangerous at the time that it came out. Mm. They talk about weed. Like I, but now we look at the chronic like as nothing. Like if somebody just came out and started like Afro man, he just made the news because they raided his house. Um, mm -hmm. And so when he was talking about because I got high, like that was some unbelievable stuff. But now, like if somebody just came out with weed songs, they'd be like, whatever. Like Snoop could come out with another weed song and they they be whatever. That that that's not gonna move the needle. But let me uh let me get somebody talking about oxy and perks. Mm -hmm. Y'all, yeah, we're gonna pub that. That's where that's where we need to put the money into that. Nobody cares about the weed. We care about oh. the oxy and perks. We Big pharma. Society, yeah, we need yeah. to tear down society with that now. Sipping on mm -hmm. system, you know, yep. it was like, okay, now we got something. We we got something that's killing them. Um, you know, the whole Rico charges and things like that. We've been talking about uh Sean talked about Rico charges in, in Bad Boy. Um, but now we're paying attention to it because gangs are making real money at this mm -hmm. point. And because the machine doesn't have control over you, like just that that YouTube presence that like I can it's put bigger them, than them. Yeah, it's bigger it's than bigger them. Bigger than them, but they figured but the reason these Rico charges are coming up and all these different things is because this is them taking it back. Like, hey, you can get as big as you want to. You've done your damage to the black community. Mm -hmm. Time for you to go to jail now. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. you, 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 your prize for uh, for succeeding is uh, a 20-year bid um, mm -hmm. in people snitching on you. Like, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you, young thug. So let's go to jail. <laughs> I believe you that bad. You that gangster? You right. Let's go to jail. Yep. Um, and so, and it he hadn't changed his content from the time he came out 10 years ago. No. But his usefulness has been searched. Yes. And that's all they're waiting for. They just waiting for the cycle mm -hmm. to end. Like, okay, his mm -hmm. numbers are starting to dip. He ain't putting out as much content anymore. All right, let's this is a good time to go ahead. Let's go when ahead and say give him 20 years, you're gonna serve 12. Let's yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's where I think, yes, the, the usefulness of, and quote unquote usefulness of rap music to that degree has been played out like women and body shaming and like, it, it, I promise you, if you just sit here and if one day it would be painful if you just sat here and listened to the radio of every female artist that came out right now. Mm hmm. And listen to the content of what they're going through, and then turn around and look at the black community and what they're going through. Mm -hmm. It's not a secret that those two things mirror each other. Absolutely. You know, I was just getting ready to say because I was watching this. I happened to be up, um, and I was watching on Vice. I don't even know how. I, I don't even know how I found Vice <laughs> TV, but they were talking. They were. You always find the craziest stories, though. Right. You know what I'm saying. And they happened to be talking about the 90s. They were talking about the 90s and the talks awards, and they were talking about Arsenio Hall. And I remember how they made, it was a big deal because he had two live crew on, 
Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how, like, a lot of people don't realize how much Luther Campbell's influence on hip hop made it be good because he actually was smart enough to know how to use his money and navigate certain things. But the point was, the reason why I bring it up is I was thinking to myself how in the church world, he was literally like, you had Satan and then Luther Campbell was right there next to him like this. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal when he was on Arsenio Hawk, and they were like, how could you do such a thing? But I was thinking to myself, like, they wouldn't even bleep Luke. They wouldn't even beep him out. They wouldn't even, like, censor him on the radio. Too short. Like, I was thinking, I I made this joke one time. I think it was last year, a couple years ago. I was like, too short doesn't let his kids listen to Doja Cat. Like, for any reason. The music itself has changed but when we think about the content of it it's almost like it's strange to me because it's like you talked about the rico charges it's almost like they want to get the charges like that's how they prove their worth and their credibility somehow check this it out. used to be how many gold chains how many bins is what can i show in the video how many chicks can i have around me Right. You know, butt naked in bikinis while we, you know, on the set. And now Obviously. it's like, now it's, I kind of want the Rico charges because that's how I'm challenged with something. Right. It's like, let me call Vlad and tell him myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I told you about that dude years ago. I said, yeah. I don't even click on dude stuff because <laughs> I see what he's doing. Right. And I told people that. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, People start getting killed and arrested. They're like, "Hey, Vlad's a bad guy." You know what, Paul? You did say that. Yeah, <laughs> but it was but only either, it was only a thousand times. It like, was only a thousand times. <laughs> no, it was ten years ago, actually. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but that's neither right. here nor there. But I saw something today scrolling. Right, uh, two rappers, and I like this one rapper. Uh, I like them both. Their music, both their music, is actually decent. Freddie Gibbs and, and, and Benny the Butcher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Benny the Butcher puts an IG post up showing the chain that they snatched off of Freddie Gibbs when they yeah. jumped him on tape. You told me about it, yeah. <laughs> no, this just happened. Like this is this is like today, yesterday. Okay, now Freddie Gibbs comes on there and says, "You wasn't even there. You was just with the dude with the camera. You didn't fight." Like that's how you go to jail, bro. Ah. Uh... Yeah. And and meanwhile, we out here, you know, like Andre even saying, like, you know, yeah, he's more than just an artist, but it's like Andre not on Vlad. No. Andre ain't out here snatching chains. Mm-mm. Fortunately, Andre big enough where most people see his chain and be like, nah, I'm gonna go get little dude's chain. I'm gonna save my money. <laughs> right. But that's kind of the thing. It's almost like the validity and you being the artist has nothing to do with your art. And that's why I said, as far as has it lost its usefulness when it comes to the culture. And that's, and I asked that question because reflexively almost black people will defend rap music. They will defend it. They treat it like, no, oh, we got to save it. And I'm, 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 maybe I'm missing something. I don't know what about I'm like, does it need to be saved? Well, full disclosure, we owe. It's not our time anymore. And they talking yeah. to our kids. 
mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're not talking to us no more. Right. Yeah, this is true. And I, I don't know how I can I can promise yeah. you who still has to to step into that arena and and mm-hmm. and produce and all these other things like it what what rap has become is is nothing short of amazing of like and I'm not talking about amazing in a good way. We're not talking. No. About, it is more talking Luther Vandross so amazing. We talking even about, the battles. They don't even rap on beats in the battles no more. They sit there and cap on each other for three minutes, and they get to mess up and start what? over. Oh, yeah, start we listen. Real. They talking real close, like right here in the right. space. Like it's, we, Paul, it's, tell them, we did that on the bus every day, twice. Okay, both ways. <laughs> like that's right. all we did. Right. Like. Ain't nothing else to do. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, with that, then, now that we've officially um, sure, got rappers, dude. yeah, we got rappers mad at us. We got women who vibe, fake eyelashes. And, and them dangerous ass Talib brothers. Yeah, I'm going to say the Talib brothers. Is, oh, I don't want no smoke, Key. I don't want no smoke. Y'all shoot people, man. I'm good, man. I don't want no problems. Listen. <laughs> And I'm gonna my chain. I saw what you did to Crabtree. <laughs> I like my chain. He said, "I ain't big as out there. I'm gonna tuck my head." <laughs> I ain't no easy win, but I don't want no smoke. Yeah, not, not, not. <laughs> How about this? But uh, let's go ahead and get to our APBs this week. So with that, we'll start with you, Andre. What's your APB for the week? Um. My APB is I know I, I I know I picked on them earlier in the first few episodes, but I gotta I gotta circle back. Um, Joe, mm. Joe, you you got on television two days ago and talked about this student loan forgiveness, and decided to make an announcement. Anybody under making under one hundred twenty five gets ten thousand uh, dollar loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But any what you said when you ran, um, you was talking about wiping away student loans, and mm-hmm. uh, you didn't say you didn't say a portion, you didn't say just a fraction. You you had us voting for you because you said all, um, and um, I'm just looking for campaign promises. Like we we well into your your second year, we we about to re up uh, and decide whether we're gonna do for the next. Four years pretty soon, starting you know right. next year, uh, and um, you you're not really like okay, you you got the COVID thing together. Like I don't even know if you got it together or we finally got it together. I, I ain't really figured out what happened with COVID, but monkeypox is coming and all this. But yeah, I, the, the, you're a little light on the campaign promises. Like you, you're a little light on doing the the things that you said you was gonna do to get us to vote for you. Um, and and I'm not happy about that, Joe. I'm, I'm talking directly to you, Joe. Me and you, Joe. Um, me, you, and da- me, Joe, and Daniel Cameron can all have a conversation at this point. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm not happy about the job that any of them doing uh, when it comes to uh, doing what they were hired to do. So I, I, I'm not going on a big long lecture about it. But that's my APB is I, I'm gonna need campaign podcast, campaign promises to come through, or we're gonna have to figure out how to get the independent to win the election. Um, cause, uh, I'm, uh, uh, this is just, this is all bad at this, at this point. That's it. 
Okay. We're going to have to give Joe his own segment soon. Yeah. Because I got some thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we, we, we come we, we come up on a time where I think it's good to yeah. dig into that a little bit. What you got, Paul? What's your APB this week? My APB is for a gentleman named Mark Ponder. Mm. If you don't know who Mark Ponder is, he received a 60-month sentence for the January 6th stuff when they ran up in there and messed everything up. Mm-hmm. Here's the interesting thing about Mark Ponder. He's a black man mm-hmm. 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 who ran up in on the insurrection January 6th. A black man. Could you imagine that? And they gave him the longest sentence of all the people that they prosecute. Well, so my name is for all the boys, wherever he is in GP, to introduce themselves, to find Mark Ponder and introduce themselves to him and, you know, make friends. <laughs> the easy way or the hard way. Hey, you're going to be there for five years. <laughs> make some friends. Now, does he get... Now, now, I'm curious. I got questions um, because <laughs> prison is heavily segregated. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I'm wondering where he going to eat, where he go. Like I said, I got a real APB alpha, but I'm concerned for Buddy. Mm. I don't know how he going to get through the next 60 months. Wow. Yeah, we that's all it. We all make choices. Yeah, we all make choices. <laughs> Mark Ponder. His next choice is jelly or syrup. <laughs> wow. Dang. You 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 did that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Guess I, uh, let, let, let me whew, not not that I yeah, well actually I, I kind of do need to lighten the move. Yeah, that was the heaviest one I Ooh. think I've ever had. Dang. That is y'all, this man. I'm. I, I was still. I truth be told, I was still trying to recover from uh, Daniel Cameron a couple weeks ago. Like right. this is, man. I thought about him all the way up sixty four driving up here. Mm-hmm. Drove past. Drove right past Franklin. Like I wonder if I see him if I stop at the speedway right quick. Um. No, my APB is really simple. Okay. And I, and I think about this all the time. I, I drive a lot. I haven't driven nearly as much, uh, frankly, since COVID. But I'm one of them kind of people that everybody's like, oh, I'm going to fly. That's too far. Listen, I, I have about a 10-hour window. If I can get there in 10 hours by car, I'm probably going to take the car. Only because, and it's not, I don't, I don't have like a fear of flying. I fly all the time. But I prefer not to fly because it's just such a hassle. As far as getting a ticket scheduled, I got to plan it out weeks and months ahead because I'm not paying you $700 to do a round trip and I'm not about to do a layover in Grand Rapids, none of that, right? So I drive a lot and um, I was trying to teach the kids something and they literally looked at me like I had three horns going on my head, like like I was crazy. We're driving down the road, and anybody who was young, I'm going to lean over to you and see this. We used to do this thing where it's like you drive past the truck and you do like this, mm-hmm. right? And they honk back. Man, I've tried this several times. I had between Delaware 
and Kentucky. Like I said, it's about a 10-hour trip, give or take. I, I've tried this several trucks, and they just looked at me like, what are you doing? One, one person thought I was flicking them off. I was like, Man, I just want you to hop my horn for my kids in the back seat. Like, they right here. So my APB is very simple. If you over the road truck driving, I'm going to need you to know what this is. Where y'all at? Okay, I'm not flexing my biceps. I just want my APB is for anybody who's over the road truck driving. I need you to bring back honking your horn, and I need the people on the road to not get offended when he does honk the horn. He's not honking at you. He honking because I got kids in the back. It's summertime. This is what people do. Like, are we that far gone? Am I that old? Yep. Does nobody remember that? I remember it. I, I just want you to honk your horn, bro. Because my kids still, oh, you know, I I haven't thought about age. doing it since I was probably eight, though. Okay, so 40 years ago. <laughs> That's not the point. I'm just saying, like, don't kids, don't kids want to hear the honk? Okay, fine. Forget the kids. I want you to honk. Do it for me. Okay? So my APB is for truck drivers. To honk your horn when I give you the horn symbol, I know your horn ain't even up there no more. All my truck driving friends out there, all my buddies, like my one of my best friends, Dusty, he drives. Uh, belly. I, I know, I know, I know, uh, my man, <laughs> Keen, I know, I know, Keenan West, I know you out there, Keen Logistics, shout out. Honk your horn for the kids, man. Oh, okay, Shalit, I know you drive. This is a friend of mine, her name is Shalit, right? Look like. You're in Pennsylvania, so honk your horn when you see him do it, okay? That's my APB, man. Honk for the kids and me. Right. Because I want Billy. He don't care about the kids. <laughs> it's all about honk it. for somebody. Man. Anyway. We still got one more APB. Yeah. I know. It's, getting, it, it, it's getting crucial at this time, but. Uh, it's getting we, harder and harder every week, too. And man, every week is getting harder and harder. Boy, progress is is slow. Dennis Rodman said he was going, and he said mm -hmm. he ain't going. It is a lot going on, but uh, still sitting on the APB for Brittany Griner. Mm -hmm. Um, and just man, it's just it's a sad you know thing to sit here and think about somebody being in jail for uh nine years over that over a teaspoon. Um, just just part of a political game and, mm -hmm. and a pissing contest is really all this is. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm um, still sending uh, love and light to her um, as she goes through this. But uh, if y'all want to sign the petition, um, go to www.wearebg.org just to go ahead and sign and, uh, and let her know we're still thinking about her and that, uh, that, that she matters. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, just wanted to, to put that in there as well. Well, everybody, that's it. That's what we got for you this week. Thank you for dropping in and taking some time to listen. And we uh, invite you to always leave comments, uh, email us in questions. If you want to have a topic that you want us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. We thank you so much for your support and taking the time to join us each week. We hope to uh, be back next week and bring you something fresh, something interesting. And as always, be blessed. Yeah, like and share, subscribe, do all those things. Um, 
quick shout out to Sharice for not for uh, knowing that the Bengals offensive line is still trash, um, and that Joe's, that Joe's life is still in danger. Even if she doesn't watch sports, she know enough to know Joe's life is in danger. Leave my wife out of this, bro. Leave her alone. We got some football specials coming because that's who we are. So be on the lookout for those as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Y'all, peace and love. All right. Take care.